0: Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile.
1: Hey, folks, welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is episode number 293. We are creeping ever closer to 300. It'll be sometime in the early fall. and Who knows what we'll have planned for that. Uh, warning. Uh, If you're listening to this and you uh, haven't seen Thor Love and Thunder, this is the rule of the podcast. Um, Pause this. Go see the movie. Um, Don't wait for it to come on streaming because you might be waiting a while. Uh, But uh, go see Thor Love and Thunder or we're not apologizing. We're going to (laughs) spoil Jesus uh, out of it. Um, The Thor franchise, not just the MCU, but the Thor franchise uh, predates the hall of justice podcast. Um, The last time we spent an episode just reviewing a Thor movie was Thor Ragnarok. And that was episode 80. We are at episode 293. So to say we haven't really talked about just Thor in quite a while is an understatement. Uh, Joining us to uh, discuss this movie is an old friend of the podcast. I think this is his third or fourth appearance. Um, He is noted Uh, I know him for his great work in tech. I also know him from his days on DC Daily. I saw him there. I am a huge fan as well as a friend. Brian Tong is with us. Uh, Brian most notably did the Shang-Chi episode, but then decided he's a glutton for punishment and came back for more. (laughs) Welcome back,
0: Brian. Oh, man, Seth. So so fun to be here. And thanks for having me back, buddy. I mean... You know, we all I love doing this. We, we get into it deep. And that's why it's yeah. so fun and always just great to hang out. I mean, this is how we hang out, too.
1: Yeah, it is true. And uh, there <laughs> were a couple episodes scheduling and whatnot that you couldn't do. And man, I, so uh, I never told the. I can't say what episodes those are because I never told the people who did those episodes that they were the second choice.
0: Oh, come on, like, man. I can't that's too say nice. That. say that's, like, that's too kind. It's too right? That's I can't kind. I
1: can't say that. You know, but, you know, and they're listening right now. And they'll be like, wait a minute, did I review that a thing? Because Brian couldn't. Um, Thor Love and Thunder has uh, uh, opened very strong. Uh, It's opening weekend was around 130 million, depending on what source you have. Uh, It's under expectations. They were expecting 170, uh, 180. Um, You know, again, that's the the people who, who care about that stuff. I focus more on the story and the production and and where it fits in the overall MCU. So I'm not worried about uh, Thor and its ability to make money. It's already an un- unequivocal success, but does that make it a great film? Why don't we start there? What's your thought um, on Thor: Love and Thunder?
0: You're throwing it out on me right right out of the gates. So well, I will say that I think based on the box office numbers, it is the third highest uh, weekend first opening weekend performance. So it it Although it did not meet expectations, people are still seeing it, right? I mean, it and to your point, it already is a success. Maybe not what we thought, right? But they're, they're, not, about... they're not
1: hurting for cash.
0: No, no, not at all, not at all. But okay, what what are my thoughts on Thor? Well, Love well just before
1: we get into the nitty gritty, just tell me, <laughs> like, like to me, I'll, I'll throw it out there. To me, yeah, it's fine. It, it was enjoyable. I, I, you know, I you put it on in front of me. I'm gonna watch it again. Uh, I, I I like the people in it. I like the uh, idea. It was cute. It was funny. Uh, it is not one of the top five Marvel movies by any stretch. It's no. probably not even a top 10 Marvel movie. Nope. That's disappointing. And now, so so now I'm thinking along the lines of in a franchise that has had four movies, it has a two that are just kind of out there. Meaning I'll the dark world, y- the dark world and this.
0: I'll say this, my take on it is great, fun, brainless summer movie, highly entertaining, fun to watch, but from a standpoint of how it moves the needle for the character and the MCU and its semi-disjointed randomness and a little over-push on the humor where it's hard to really get an idea of what the tone of this movie is. If it's supposed to be a comedy, or the they accomplish that. Right, what right, were right, the right, stakes? Yeah. Yeah. The, sta- the stakes become less meaningful, in, in some ways, there's times where when you watch this movie, you feel like the comedy was more important than the stakes of the movie. You know, I, I look back at Thor Ragnarok, which kind of came out of nowhere. The style, the flavor, Taika's imprint on it ch- literally changed the direction and what we saw in the MCU. Thor Love and Thunder, you know, that was lightning in a bottle. You know, <laughs> I had to say pun, that. but
1: pun, pun intended.
0: Pun intended. with, with Thor seven. Love and Thunder takes a little bit of that but it overdoes it there's now instead of just a joke there's a joke on a joke on a joke and it happens so often that it gets a little tiring so and then it distracts from a lot of plot points there's some serious moments and then a joke is thrown in and then later on there's serious moments without a joke thrown in and you're because the tone in the first two-thirds of the movie is so jokey it Takes away from some of the character development. I think there's moments, and we can talk about it, and characters that they could have developed more to make this feel more meaningful for those characters and Thor's journey. But when we get to the emotional moments, because it's been so jokey off the cuff, it takes away from you kind of sinking into it. And there are some great moments, but uh, that that's my overall right. like top top look at it.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's it's one of those small. Um, it's it's you know it, it's easy to say like we're spoiled, you we know, are we're spoiled, spoiled. We, we're we're getting superhero movies every you know couple of weeks and you know next week we're reviewing Ms Marvel it, it's more stuff in the MCU like it, it it comes in waves, um, but Phase Four has been uh very disjointed you know I think that's a, a fair word to say it's kind of all over the place and what I was hoping for like. If, if you're going to do Easter eggs, then give me the kind of Easter eggs that um, satiate my Marvel fandom. And that, it, you know, when, when Kat Dennings shows up reference, like, so what's been going on with you? Oh, well, I just got back from New Jersey and oh my God, you should have seen what happened mm-hmm. in Westview. Like do that. And that doesn't cost anything. Like I'm not asking, you know, one of my rules on, on the, on the reviews of these is I'm not trying to cost them money. You know, for example, uh, the best example of that is Tony Stark's funeral, the end of Endgame, when uh, Carol Danvers and Nick Fury are there. And when they originally filmed that, which was before Captain Marvel, Nick Fury was uh, Samuel L. Jackson wasn't signed. And so there's no scene where they're interacting. But you're Marvel (laughs) and you had Captain Marvel come out and shoehorn in a, a scene in the woods where they're just, oh, I haven't talked to you in so long. It's been so, it's so good to see you again. You know, just give me something. If you're going to put Kat Dennings in there because of her role in the first two Thor films, she wasn't in Ragnarok. She's only there because she's Jane uh, Foster's friend. Well, where has she been? And connect those dots. You you referenced Endgame. You referenced Thanos. You, you went all all in on your 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 narrative and yet you just plopped her in and like selwig was in this movie for 10 seconds <laughs> the guardians was on of a the zoom. galaxy on a are zoom in call. this movie where's gamora where's young gamora weren't they supposed to talk to her like what like easter egg me like it, you went you went all the way down the field to the three yard line and then just said you know what i don't want to play anymore
0: i like that football analogy look i think you touch on a few key points here the first thing you talked about is how it feels disjointed and so and you also talk about how we're really spoiled so i think if we touch on that part of i think why right now phase four feels disjointed is because they're putting new players on the table in a way i think the mcu is also trying to find their identity because we don't have an alpha in the mcu right now because tony stark's gone chris Captain America is gone. And even in these individual movies, even with Doctor Strange being around for a while, even with Thor being around, I don't feel like we have an established new alpha for the MCU, whoever that person is or will be. So that's why Peter
1: Parker's character sucks in this franchise because Mm -hmm. he's a kid and he's dumb. Yes. And you could have made him the hero. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about that all the time. Last week we had John Semper and John Semper in the Spider-Man, the animated series, <laughs> a Peter Parker's in college. And no matter what problems he faces, personal problems he faces, when push comes to shove, he is the ultimate hero. And the MCU needs that guy. And unfortunately it can't be Spider-Man. And that's crazy to me because in Marvel's comic book world, spider mans the best of them like it's it's never thor um one thing on the production and again i can't make these movies so i i usually just talk about the story but thor's costume seemed cosplayish <laughs> like it- thor's <laughs> costume seemed very puffy and very like like i felt like i could rip it off like uh, you know like well zeus does but but just like the like it doesn't seem very comfortable. It seems very bulky and clunky. It, it, it seems like Marvel does a better job. Like they did Moon Knight. <laughs> like, like they know how to do really cool costumes. Um, he's looked better. Uh, it, it's Chris Hemsworth and he looks amazing, but he Thor has looked better.
0: I, I think what was interesting about this, if you put that costume, if you put his outfit that he had in Thor Ragnarok because it was leaning into the Jack Kirby um, era and design. I think his costume, his outfit in this movie would have served him better in the last movie. But when you see it in modern day and time and out of Sakaar, which is a very bright uh, you know, palette Maybe, and yeah. has the throwbacks of the Jack Kirby era, it makes more sense to be there. And, and a lot of times we've also seen in the past in the MCU, when a new outfit arrives, it's earned or for, it's for a reason. And he just kind of all of a sudden put it on and you're kind of like, huh? And so I think though that's a little bit why it might feel disjointed, but I agree with you. I don't think it was the sleekest one. It was, there was a lot of layers to it. Also, maybe Chris Hemsworth worked out even more than he already has. So he's a little beefier. I did did want to touch upon, if you don't mind me just talking about real quickly, when I talked about how the MCU was, you know, disjointed because they don't have an alpha. I think also, again, we are super spoiled. I take us back to when- MCU first started. It took them five years basically to establish all these characters, put them on the board. And if we look at phase four, quite honestly, as a mini reboot, but even more than a mini reboot, they are establishing all new characters. They're, they're also kind of seeing how audiences respond to them. And I think the other issue here is because we don't, we still haven't yet seen exactly where Marvel wants to go with this. Those mid credit scenes that you talk about, those easter eggs they're totally disjointed instead they're just bombing us with cameo characters that everyone is freaking out and sometimes talking about more than the actual movie which is a little problematic for me right hercules
1: um, being uh, right. brett goldstein which is who, awesome who right? has a great podcast by the way
0: <laughs> but we don't we still have not been given the full entire scope of what's happening i mean we see the connection we hear everything coming leading to potential secret wars. We see the connection between Eternals and Shang-Chi's rings, but we still don't know where it's going. And Feige says we will see that in the very near future. We haven't still seen it in the Disney Plus series. I don't know if we're going to see it in Wakanda forever because that's the next movie that's coming out. Um, But that also, because we're so spoiled, we want to know what is happening and there is no true direction yet. And until we get that, I think, maybe people will be more comfortable and feel at ease once we see where we're starting to go. And so mm-hmm. I think though, I don't think, I don't, I don't, even people might blame like, Oh, superhero fatigue. This is why these movies aren't doing as well. That may be a little it's bit part it. of it, but I don't think it's it is. It. I don't if think it is. Is
1: anybody ha- complaining about uh, the boys? No. Is anybody going, no, no. Oh, there's too many umbrella Academy came out. Is anybody saying, Oh my God, there's too much superhero stuff. Like, are you kidding me that when it's great, it's great. Exactly. Yes, we we, you know, you could have the argument and I've seen this online is, you know, we live in this world where, you know, we get a superhero movie every other month and you have all these superhero TV shows and, you know, it's kind of the death of the comic book reader. You know, you Mm -hmm, can be a comic mm -hmm, book fan mm -hmm. and you see you have something handed to you all the time, but we can hold things on a higher standard. You can you can hold things. You know when they're great they're great and when they're not you can feel it you you can tell um all right uh, you mentioned the, the 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 bit of humor Here, here's an here's an example
0: bit there's a lot
1: but 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 sometimes it's forced and it was oh, it, it seems too much when they're doing their little montage of what it was like with jane and thor together you know for that little bit after i guess ultron Yeah, Endgame happened and Infinity War happened. And how about show Jane Foster during that time? (laughs) Like, did you need them playing house like to be like a like a sitcom? Like, like, what were you trying to do? If you're if you're saying go back and give the, the relationship context, how about where was Jane during this whole thing? And, you know, I'm not even again, I'm not trying to spend them money. She doesn't have to be. At the the fight in Wakanda, she doesn't have to be there. She has. Was she blipped? Did mm. she, did she survive the five years without Thor? And Thor was there when Thor, um, you know, kills Thanos and, and is tortured, you know, by by Thanos and all the different things. It just seemed like very forced humor. Um, the other one is is the battle axe becomes like a pet. It's a love. It's a fo- love triangle. That's didn't he love forge triangle. him like with, with, with like like the ultimate sacrifice
0: in space to 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 create that battle axe? Well, this you've even touched on two things. We're going to go a little deep here. This is um, okay. How about this? because I do respect Taika and I think he is a genius, but I think he really pushed, like he went, this is uh, one of those moments where I think maybe he pushed so hard that it's like, okay, maybe we need to take it back. In some ways, this movie became a joke about what it is like to be a Marvel movie. They made a love triangle between Stormbreaker and Mjolnir. Funny on the surface. Funny when you're turning your brain off and enjoying the movie. But then in the scope of it, like, it takes away from what makes these things so important right funny when Cordig is telling the story he completely dismisses the warriors three and calls them those guys and they those die guys. you know i i don't know any many directors who have thrown away characters that have a lore a history and the connection to a character like that like that's a joke oh not i know for- who. i
1: i know exactly who and i thought about it the night i saw the movie it's ryan johnson
0: oh yeah 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 that's exactly <laughs> but- what he did he hasn't touched the MCU yet, right? No, but when, I'm saying when
1: Ryan, Je- when
0: Luke Skywalker throws the
1: lightsaber and says, "Ah, forget this," <laughs> like you're insulting your mythology. Yeah, and that's yeah. not what makes Marvel great. What makes Marvel great is their love for the mythology. Yeah, they tweak things. You know, Miss Marvel doesn't stretch. She has these glowy powers. Great.
0: Yeah, it's fine. Good. Don't bother me, Iron
1: Man. You know, Iron Man, you you throw in the 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 current times and you know it's, it's an arabian uh, thing and and uh, you know you don't know who the the ten rings are and like great modernize it but don't mock it
0: yeah that's and that's the thing uh when taika's coming up with these movies and this this his philosophy of how he wants to present them and do the comedy i think it does a disservice to the lore um whether you're a comic reader or you're just an actual viewer i didn't i particularly thought oh that is such a Oh, I just didn't think it was a right choice to do. And because of that, I, you get a little, you know, a certain segment of the audience gets turned off, but this is again, what we talk about. We've talked about this on your podcast before. They're not making these movies quite honestly for the comic for book us, reader. I mean, They're making like, it for the general audience who doesn't really, really know much because, you know, I was a reader during the era of Jason Aaron, when he wrote, Gore the God Butcher series, which was which got me back into Thor. I cared about Thor. The Jane uh, Foster Mighty Thor series, incredible as well. And the way that they did service from that story, this was, I know it's a movie. I know they got whatever two hours, but they did not do service to those characters the way they were truly developed and their stories within the comics.
1: This portion of the Hall of Justice is brought to you by Batman The Audio Adventures, only on HBO Max. Yes, it is true. There's a new audio show and it's on HBO Max already. Bruce Wayne may appear to be a wealthy playboy, but beneath this facade his true identity is that of the Batman. Waging an endless war against crime. I can't do the voice. Join the Cape Crusader in Batman The Audio Adventures, the first scripted audio original featuring Batman and his villainous rogues gallery in a world premiere story of life and death in Gotham City, debuting exclusively on HBO Max. We've had guests on the Hall of Justice that have played Batman. This time it is Jeffrey Wright. He's starring as Batman. Joined by a who's who of incredible Saturday Night Live alums. This rollicking adventure told across 10 episodes is written and directed by Emmy winner Dennis McNicholas. It includes devilishly delightful original music by Doug Bossi, and performances by Rosario Dawson, John Leguizamo, Chris Parnell, Melissa Villasenor, Seth Meyers, Jason Sudeikis, Brooke Shields, Fred Armisen, and many, many more. Go to hbomax.com slash Batman Audio Adventures for more. Stream Batman The Audio Adventures only on HBO Max. Now back to the Hall of Justice. Well, I'll tell you one thing about Gore and Christian Bale. He is fantastically scary looking. Incredible. He looked like really scary and the plot didn't fit it. Like well, you know, yeah. the, the plot became like a like an Adam West TV show be- villain. And then you had this scary guy. And what sometimes I think that what happens is it, it's more disjointed. It's not Taika didn't say that. It's you have these amazing special effects people and costume designers, and they design this incredible look for this incredible actor, and they made him look really scary. But his you know he was trying to kill gods like he's trying to like 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 he's killing gods who have orgies like like, like it just it didn't fit like that villain should have been more
0: deadly oh well this is thank you for saying that because people first of all christian bale does an incredible job like he needed more scenes he was his the guy who said he'd never do a top. superhero movie. Yeah. Again. And, and then he said, he came to amazing. this
1: one because of the script. And I went, what?
0: Maybe We're because the the, the script dark of the character. Night, dude. So, so with Christian Bale's character, go to the God butcher. This is why when he leaned, when Taika leans into all this comedy so much, and you could take a lot of those moments and serve the story better. Go to the God butcher not only slaughters gods across the entire universe, it takes three Thors from three different timelines to even try to kill him. That is how scary Gore the God Butcher is in the comics. He creates a basically an atom bomb out of the souls of killed gods. These are the stakes that we needed to see in order to do service to Gore's character and make this movie feel like it had higher stakes. I felt like because it was such a comedy, I felt like Gore was more uh, obsessed about kidnapping children. He spent more time with children than he did being a savage, ruthless murderer of the universe. And when that happened, that takes away, look, I don't expect them to follow everything from the comic books, but you got to portray the character properly. Thanos was appropriate fear and displayed appropriately. Right. gore the god butcher what's not and gore right. the god butcher it should have quite honestly been treated on a thanos-esque maybe not as high because he had the infinity stones but maybe just that tier just down below that's how impressive he is so that hurts right. you don't the want movie it to be such do a
1: threat that you have to start calling in shang chi and doctor strange and all the other guys but you want it to be scary what i'm saying is you made the production value of him not fit the film he looks like Gore the God Butcher. He doesn't act like that. One other thing on the production again. I'm, I, I'm very budget conscious. I don't like spending other people's money uh, Thor, uh mind melds to go and see the children. He can visit them like metaphysically. Could you make him glow?
0: Maybe they don't want could, to do the Jedi glow. Maybe they don't you, want to do the could Jedi you glow. you
1: force ghost that? Like, it, <laughs> I don't think if you turn your head for a second, you're like, wait, he's there. And then when he finally rescues the children, he's like, good to see you in person this time. And I'm like, what is that? A Zoom comment? Like, is, is <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> see, even the fact that your brain went there it shows how jokey the film was. Like, right. it creates this like expectation and where your mind should go. Right. I mean, Lady Sif is about to die in battle, and then there's a like. Do you you think it's kind of dramatic? And then he's like, "Oh, uh, you're not dying on the battlefield, but your arm will be in Valhalla." And then it's like, "Okay, yeah, whatever." Yeah. Like, it just th- makes that scene just so silly. And you're like, "Okay, well, everything's gonna be freaking silly moving forward." Well, um, and I, I got have-
1: excited to see you referenced Jamie Alexander, uh, Lady Sif. Uh, not only was she in the first Thor movie, she was in Agents of Shield. Mm, that's right. And I love the callbacks because if I had to endure twenty two episodes of agents of shield i want the callbacks i i i and i'd love for thor to know that colson lived mm, mm, god mm. I, I you have all these opportunities and I, again uh colson would have been um like that would have been a great moment uh for for, for him uh what about uh valkyrie and valkyrie's role
0: again valkyrie was underused underused right Tessa, Tessa Thompson is amazing on screen she has the attitude she has the ferocity she has the softness she she's the total package when it comes to an actress instead guess who was given more time than Tessa Thompson Korg the voice There's of a lot Tyka, of, a lot of director. director well and that a was in the reviews Korg.
1: that I read before I saw the film was a lot about the, the, the I, it's a lot of Korg I like know, I Korg didn't... I like who he was I like that he's from the Planet Hulk storyline, and he fit perfectly in Endgame. You know, you know, like he was the guy that was taking care of, you know, uh, uh, Dad Bod and <laughs> Dad Bod, and, and and I I thought that was was um, neat, but it, it's too much. It was too way much too
0: way too much. Just when I talk about the joke on the joke on the joke, I saw the movie on um, at. I was fortunate enough to see it at the premiere. I then watched it on a normal screen, a normal showing, because I like to kind of get the temperature it's always going to be really hype and excited um at the premiere versus how audiences well, and also feel. because of
1: your appearance on the podcast that's a tax write-off now
0: <laughs> well i mean my gas maybe right <laughs> but but when you know seeing how the audiences reacted people that went to that movie that just came for a good time they were laughing they were enjoying it but there was a point where the corg jokes didn't land as well over the course of time like the joke on the joke on the joke. That's that's the best way that I can describe how it was forced. And so when we get back to Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, she should have had more to do and more in this role because there wasn't that large of a cast of characters. It was pretty centralized and focused. You could have given her more time to develop, um, but we didn't see it. We just know that, yeah, she was the king. She wanted to fight. She kind of came for the ride, and then she didn't come for the ride because she was hurt. Like, come on. Valkyrie is a badass. You need more yeah. badassery in here, not jokery.
1: The... Um- The comic book, since you referenced the comic book, I was going to ask you this, but I didn't want to put you on the spot, uh, but I'll do it anyway. Um, I thought, and I I was not a big Marvel comic reader. I was an ultimate comic reader. I read a lot Mm -hmm. of that. Um, But I was mostly a DC uh, person um, in the comic book world. But I do remember the Jane Foster Thor storyline. I thought becoming Thor cured her.
0: It it temporarily halted her from dying, but it the way the movie portrayed it was at least comic book accurate, where it every was. time okay. she turned into Thor, it prevented her body from healing and recovering, and so it was dangerous for her to do it. That was actually one of the things that they did, actually. No, no, to, that's you know, I, I, that's why I was
1: like, asking. Like, I, I, I only had a passing knowledge of it, so I didn't know one way or the other, and I thought, what an interesting uh, aspect to the whole thing um i love how they made her six feet tall i thought that was awesome um <laughs> how like many how many looked, how many
0: step boxes did she have to stay no in? no i
1: no it didn't look like that it looked like her whole body was puffed.
0: yeah up. She, well she's she's just bigger she's jacked too she's no i bigger. but i thought hmm,
1: i, I want to say this this delicately i think it's like they zoomed in on her
0: <laughs> oh like, like it's one of
1: your fancy iphone features like she's <laughs> zoomed in and and he's not Like she she might be a
0: little closer to the camera or something, right? Yeah, because her head is
1: so much smaller than Chris Hemsworth's face, but her head—I'm not talking about her muscles, you know, muscles. I'm talking about—I just whatever they did to make her big worked amazingly.
0: Yeah. What did you think? Could have made
1: Chris Hemsworth glow. (laughs) What did you think of her character,
0: though, in the in the movie?
1: Well, you know, they captured what she was in. The other movies, in the sense of, she's like a sarcastic, you know, badass. You know, like she's she's like, uh, you know, she's gonna defy it. I like the scene when they're in the chemo room and the guy to her left is reading her book and she's like, "I, I wrote that book." You know, like that would be something. Um, you know, I I loved her. I, I loved her in the er- her portrayal in the other movies. And I thought it was consistent. Um I do like the scene when uh, when Thor gets his uh clothes ripped off and she says do you have some popcorn
0: <laughs> or like or like some like grapes or something like do you have grape, like, you gotta yeah, grapes, yeah, grapes like got grapes or
1: something I thought that was brilliant I I I thought that was br- and I think Natalie Portman's uh funny um did you see the article I'm not a big uh, gossip, you know, move. You know, I don't read. That, We're around that it. Stuff. We're
0: around it, though. We're around it. Right.
1: We see it. You see it. The story that uh, Taika Waititi, who's working, you know, he worked on The Mandalorian and he uh, is going to be working on another Star Wars project. And he approached Natalie Portman and said, would you be interested in, in doing a Star Wars? I'm doing a Star Wars thing. And Natalie Portman said, uh, dummy, uh, I was in Star Wars. <laughs>
0: but <laughs> wait was it phrase that would you like to return or
1: no it wasn't it, it wasn't that it was i'm doing a star wars project would you want to be in it and she's like i was padme like
0: <laughs> i mean i do not i didn't i saw the headline and so i don't know <laughs> the context of it so i don't want to jump to conclusions i'm gonna hope and assume that he knew that she was in the movie but if he didn't well then that sucks
1: <laughs> and she dies and so she turns into dust
0: she actually turns into gold dust because we'll hear. Yeah, right. Is she actually she's not an Asgardian, but maybe her time as, as- Mighty Thor the- was her service to right. the Asgardian community and they gave her a pass to come to Valhalla,
1: I guess. And that, that was the Idris Elba. And, you know, anytime Idris Elba makes an appearance in Marvel, uh, I get to tell my very embarrassing story. Uh, if you look at the, uh, the, the guest list, if you look at the, the feed uh, for the Hall of Justice podcast, you'll notice there's nowhere to be found Idris Elba. Uh, even though I did interview him for the Hall of Justice podcast, um, it, was at, it was in Rome, Italy. It was at a Formula E race. And Idris Elba uh, couldn't have been nicer. <laughs> the PR person says to me, You only have time for a couple of questions. Now, I thought that was just like a a roundabout. Like, I wasn't going to take more than 10 minutes, but I thought it was something. And he just says, he says, great to meet you. Isn't this great? I said, yeah, what do you think of Formula E? And, you know, the the racing circuit, you know, it's this electric car racing. It's really neat. Very futuristic, very cool. And he starts talking about that. And I asked him a follow-up about that. And then all of a sudden the PR guy interrupts and says, all right, he's got to go. I had a conversation <laughs> with Idris Elba and never asked him about Heimdall. I didn't
0: ask him. Well, they didn't, they, they uh, didn't give you the pass of like at least one question as the warm up to kind of establish some level. He's, of doing, rapport. he's
1: doing commercials. He shows up in in insurance commercials. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the guy I had him. I had him
0: and he couldn't they, have been nicer. So just to piggyback on Jane, a little bit in the Mighty yeah. Thor. I again, she's another character that should have had more time. I think that we needed it. I wanted to see her badassery without Thor longer, like just establish, just establish a little bit more about her, a little bit more about her struggle, and get a little. Again, each of these characters deserve to get a little deeper, um, and she was one of them. I think the other character that we talked about, but I had a, a little, not a little issue. I had an issue with is when Gore, the God Butcher. Is in front of eternity and he's ready to kill all the gods. And Thor just basically says, Everyone needs love. And (laughs) he just switches his brain. He literally, like, switches his brain and said, Oh, I I will bring my daughter back. Like, this is okay. There's two ways to look at that. The rational way is that he was infected by the Necro Sword, which made him crazy and he no longer has it in him. So maybe he can think right. But when like talk about dark hair, hold right yeah it's yeah same same concept corrupts you right but all they need to do is maybe show some even like a flashback of his daughter saying always you know a young moment like always choose love papa and yeah. he remembers that and that's why he does it but we never get anything like that to give us a sense of like oh Bridget. this makes yeah. sense right Bridget. okay yeah. i get it there was nothing there so this is, again, another moment where, hey, let's serve the character better. And when it's a decision that big, he's standing in front of eternity with a single wish to either destroy all gods. And it's like Thor, his arch rival's like, bro, I don't know you, but choose love. Okay, (laughs) you're right, Thor. I'm going to choose love. My daughter's come back. And guess what? Natalie Portman, as you turn into glitter gold, take care of her. Oh, cool. Yeah, of course. So that... And that's the ending, right? That's like, and the, the weird part is, is, is all that
1: buildup, and it was kind of rushed at the end. It was kind yeah. of like, what? Yeah. And they got the, the, you know, the serial moment. And, you know, it, it goes back into that home life stuff, and I, I, it's just, I love, I know the the part of the attraction to Chris Hemsworth is the fish out of water, you know, like when he's, you know, in in the first movie when he's in the diner and he's mm-hmm. on, oh, another point, you know, and and all those, things. and I get all that, but eventually that runs. Through, I I thought that uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth had too much dialogue. Mm. Like he talked too much. Like he was he, constantly he was talking, telling stories, and talking about this. I feel like that's his Thor nervousness this- when um, when when he meets sees Jane for the first time. It's a great reaction. It's it, it's the same reaction like in Ragnarok when he sees in the when he's in the gladiator thing and he and he sees Hulk. He's like, I know that guy. We work together. <laughs> like, Jane?
0: <laughs> Jane? I, I actually, I liked, I think Chris Hemsworth, I mean, he's shown a lot of range. Although the story doesn't develop enough, like give us those beats. I think Chris Hemsworth, I mean, he comes across as the bumbling muscle head, but you give him some emotional moments and he crushes them. Like it feels genuine and authentic. And um, so I think he at least he was able to showcase that. And I don't think it, it, it feels earned and it feels genuine. So I think his, although you might've felt he had a lot of lines and I think that Thorne is always is kind of in his own head anyways, and just likes to talk a lot about his life and his journey. And everyone's like, okay, Thor, we're here in your world. I think Chris Hemsworth actually did a really good job. I just, again, don't feel that the story arc, you come out of this feeling like he has some warts from this journey. He has some vulnerabilities. A lot of times the Thor movies, Feel like he goes on this adventure, and it's like a reset of the character. And then they take like after Ragnarok, they take him on another adventure, like Thor: Love and Thunder, and it's a little bit of a reset of the character. And you can kind of just start fresh and new. The thing that made Tony and um and Cap so Steve Rogers so important, and we followed them is each movie something pretty traumatic happened to them that developed their character that we continue to follow it along. I don't feel like we have strong enough moments for both dr strange and thor that were we feel like they've evolved significantly as a character dr strange really didn't evolve that much he became less of an asshole and cared a little bit about a girl but if that's the biggest kind of interpersonal thing that came out of it that's not enough i mean tony and cap ended up being arch rivals in civil war now there's nothing that's going to get us to that point yet but after that, there's so much fallout. Before that, there's so much fallout with the character Tony Stark. Even in Iron Man three, right, the
1: reverberations of it you know, are yeah, felt so,
0: still to this day.
1: So Civil we don't War we don't have those literally moments. the best thing. Civil War is the best oh, thing. Oh goodness,
0: has done. incredible. So we don't have that. We don't Civil have Civil
1: War and the first season of Jessica Jones are the two best things mm. Marvel has done in the Ooh. MCU. Yeah, first go back and see the first season of Jessica Jones. The it, it, it it's still. The uh, the PTSD from from Kilgrave is
0: oh it's just brilliant, um, and hopefully we see her back. You know,
1: what if though? To to your point, what if this is the best Thor has? Like Thor's not a rich enough character to give you those things. That the nature of who he is, like you killed his mother, you killed his father, you killed his brother, you did all the dramatic things, and still he's he's a Viking. You know, God, he's a God of Thunder. Like, he, you can't bring humanity to him because he, that's not who Thor is.
0: I think that's a great point, but I also think it's because of the directors guiding him. If you look at what the Russo brothers did with Thor in yeah. Infinity War and Endgame, you really got a damaged Thor who had the pain of his past. Here, uh, when, it's-
1: when he slices off Th- Thanos's head in the first time.
0: Oh, mm. spoilers right right <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> newsflash spoilers but see like and and that character is treated with respect from his journey i'm sorry i love you Tyka, but thor's not treated that way because of the tone yeah. of the movie you can't go to those places and even when they get emotional you're thrown off because the movie's tone is different i did not for the record i did not dislike this movie i enjoyed it i thought it was fun right. it was a romp but it at the same time, if you're looking at how does it move the needle and develop the character, it doesn't that much. And I think that it's important. I, I'm still not all in with this whole idea of like these villains. They only last a single movie, and they don't they don't live on with us. You know, Hella is a character that I feel like should still be on the table. And
1: um, they mocked her, Melissa yeah, McCarthy.
0: Yeah. Um, They also like gore the god butcher should be a character that's still on the table just to have that appropriate fear in the universe be able to reference to it instead of just killing them off i think they're doing a better job like baron zemo is you know a character that they're still keeping on the table and they're doing it with some of these smaller nemesis but you know thanos was looming in the back of the mcu for a good five years um and so you need these threats or whether they're um middle tier or high tier threats you just need them on the board to kind of Elevate the drama, and I just don't like us killing these top tier villains in a single movie. Doesn't make sense to me. You can win without them dying.
1: Phase four includes
0: WandaVision,
1: Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, and Miss Marvel. That's all Phase four.
0: Um. Yeah. Like, I mean, you that's throw a- all over the place. That's
1: literally all over the place. And so there's a lot of has yeah. been go, been brilliant.
0: Not everything, but that, that to me, that's, you know, kind of like what we talked about earlier, they're putting a lot of pieces on the board right now. And we don't know what they're doing with them yet, but we're getting a lot of, a lot of individual character stories. I think it's important though, that look Disney plus to me has opened the window and elevated a lot of these characters where in the past, a character like Hawkeye was mocked at and Hawkeye is like one of the founding members. And that or, show is one is of the good. best things they've Right. Done. Right. Right. Okay. And so by that doing was one this, of the
1: reviews you couldn't do.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. So. <laughs> but I loved Hawkeye, the series, because it, I hated how Jeremy Renner got crapped on by the yep. general public who clearly doesn't know how important Hawkeye is to the lore of the Avengers, yep. And he finally got his do. And now everyone's like, I love Hawkeye. I'm like, get out of here, you guys. You know, so these Disney Plus series are building so much story that I hope as they connect these ties. That there will be enough references or repercussions from those individual character storylines that we can feel. I mean, Moon Knight feels like it might just be a one off self contained thing. I don't know if Oscar Isaac is coming back based on the contracts and whatnot. Um, I hope he does, but I, I just I want to I can't wait to see when they connect this. And quite honestly, Kevin Feige and the MCU team deserve us to give them the benefit of the doubt. They have given us so much, and it there's not, in my opinion, I'm not there's. Maybe one or two in my mind, but they're not many stinkers. And they're come if they put out at least 30, 30 plus series and movies, and you're not getting stinkers. I mean, that is people yeah. don't understand how what they are doing and what they're giving us and how hard that is in this business. Oh, it's to do. It, so. right,
1: it's a daunting task. Don't 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 misconstrue. It's it's a very daunting task, but uh phase four has been disjointed. I mean, it really has. Doctor Strange and the tie-in to WandaVision. Um Is disjointed, you know. My, you know, my biggest argument, you know, and I've said this on the podcast a dozen times now, is at the end of WandaVision. Why are you know Monica Rambeau and and anyone trying to stop her? (laughs) She she committed a crime, and she just walks off, and they go, "See you, Wanda. I'm sure they'll understand. See you later." And, you know, in the WandaVision review, I had said, you know, that's where you have a, a Benedict Cumberbatch cameo. Like, I'm not even saying capture her, but try your heroes. And that didn't happen. And as a result of that, it it multiplies, you know, in it, so that when the big reveal that that Wanda is the villain of the whole thing, and even at the end of, of Doctor Strange, she realizes that what she was doing was wrong so that's it (laughs) like okay like like, is there any accountability for any of her actions like it's just it's strange and it's just that's what i mean by disjointed like the whole thing is i believe it all ties together i believe that ms marvel and moon knight and loki are all going (laughs) to matter like like they're all going to be connected and shang chi is going to have some kind of role in this whole thing. Like, I want to see these characters and I want to love them more. And I want to say that phase four was just the introduction of a bunch of other things, but that either phase four or phase five, whatever you want to call it, you know, I've always said the MCU is like chapters of a book mm-hmm. like that's what a comic books are. You know, like you, you, you trade paperbacks or, or comic book series and, and each film is a chapter in a book. Is Thor Love and Thunder one of my favorite chapters?
0: No. Mm -hmm.
1: Infinity War is one of my favorite chapters. You know, Civil War is one of my favorite chapters.
0: Oh, good lord. So, like, That's also the thing, right? Civil War is one of those conflicts that happens as we're building up towards the Infinity War. I don't know, is Secret Invasion on Disney Plus going to be that thing in the center that kind of gels what's going on right now? Because Without civil war, I'll, Infinity War and Endgame don't have the same meaning that right. they do, and I don't know what that event is going to be yet. Uh, but there needs to be something that ties these characters together in a in a you know in some way before they go for the big Kahuna, the big cheese, massive massive event. So we'll we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah. I, again, it's yeah. I'm not they have a daunting task. Like it's hard to top the first 10, 11 years of the MCU. It's just, it was incredible. It was incredible.
1: <laughs> right. And, and look, we're, we're in this, like we're P ones for this. Like we're gonna, we're gonna follow this thing no matter what, you know, yes. anything that has a Marvel imprint, I will watch. I, I, I will totally see. And I, you know, Black Panther two is going to be very compelling.
0: Oh, I you think know? that's going to be one of the most but compelling ones. I, I want
1: Well, the question that I want to ask for Black Panther 2, because that's the next movie, and I started to see uh, posters for it uh, when I went to see Thor Love and Thunder, is did they know when they filmed Infinity War and Endgame that Chadwick Boseman
0: was sick? Mm. All indications were that they did not all indications were that nobody knew.
1: Yeah, but um, in order to get insurance he would have had to go for a medical exam.
0: I mean, I don't know what happened behind the scenes but even, you know, no, I don't no, know I, how long I'm not
1: doing it from a gossip standpoint. What I'm all I want to know is does the writing of that movie the 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 plan for that movie all along was for Chadwick Boseman
0: to be in the movie,
1: to be in it or to die in it.
0: Well, I mean, all the reports say that they had to go through heavy extensive rewrites once he passed right. away, right? And so- right. And there was talk th-
1: about not doing the movie.
0: Correct, yeah. And so I think what's really intriguing, what's fascinating about this is, we know how incredible a director Ryan Coogler is and how he respects sure. the source material and how he shows character, like, he values all the characters that are on the table, unlike maybe a recent director that did Thor Love and Thunder. But I think there's a lot of intrigue around this movie because, look, no one re- it hasn't leaked out. No one really knows who's going to end up taking the throne, how that's going to come about, how that conflict is going to get resolved. And then you have Namor and his Aztec-styled Atlanteans coming into the fold, being another threat. I-, I think this movie, I don't even care if this movie, quite honestly, shows us how it's connected to the greater scope of things, because I don't know if it will. Maybe it'll have like a an end credit scene, much like, I think it was age of Ultron where Thanos is like, I'll have to do this myself. And you're like, Oh, this is, we're moving towards the direction. I don't care if it has that. Maybe it does, but I think this movie from a conflict standpoint and then the history and the care of the character and the fact that, you know, this is, I think everyone that watches the MCU, knowing that Chadwick Boseman passed, it's, it's going to be an extremely personal movie, not only to the people that created it, but people who follow the MCU. Chadwick Bozeman arguably was going to be the next alpha of the MCU after Tony Stark and Steve Rogers passed on and he's not here anymore for actual real reasons. So, um, I, I'm, I can't I'm wait fascinated. to see that movie. in Right? I think see. it's the most fascinating movie right. coming out of the MCU in a long time. Was
1: that movie written after he died or did they know? And what did they know? And that that's, and, and when they do their press, they're going to have to talk about it. I mean, they, 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 that's, it's not going to be uh, under, it's not gonna be a secret. <laughs> they, they can't mm-hmm. uh, do that. How can people find you and what can people find all your, all your stuff? I mean, pimp yourself out. I mean, I'm a follower. I'm a, I'm a supporter. I'm a patron, whatever that, that, phrase Oh my is. goodness. What Thank is, you uh, so
0: much. Yeah, yes. You've got,
1: you've got the video show. You've got the audio show.
0: Yeah. So there's a few ways you guys can all follow me. If you want to see video content, I cover everything in the tech geek and culture space. So it's just youtube.com. Slash Brian Tong, I'll do videos from your favorite iPhone to Samsung product or Google product, but then I'll also cover you know movie reviews or go behind the scenes and say like, oh, how Disney Animation changed their eye technology specifically for Ryan the Last Dragon. I'm really fortunate to kind of cover and dip my toes in all those different areas. So if that's your jam, you can check me out there. And then if you like what I do, uh, patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how people support my videos. And then I do a po- audio podcast and just everything I do. So um, it's amazing to be on this, Seth. I love coming on the show with you. And thanks for letting me talk about myself a little bit.
1: <laughs> well, we're going to clip that so that when we ask you again and you say no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just just uh, send it to me. Send it to my voicemail. Like, Brian, remember when you said this? Remember? Wait, okay, remember when okay, you yeah, said this?
1: You. Do you remember? Yeah. When we, this, this? Um, that is Brian Tong. And again, uh, Thor Love and Thunder is out in theaters and you guys can see it. Uh, next week, we're going to go to Ms. Marvel. And what we did for that, we have a gentleman by the name of Swara Sali. He is from io9 and he is going to review Ms. Marvel. Uh, not ju- and I'll have like a similar conversation to the one I had with you about Shang-Chi. and the same similar one I had with Victor Dandridge about Black Panther it's the same concept and we'll do it next week for Ms. Marvel and then later in the month uh, we can promote Steve Agee from Peacemaker Uh, will be with us here on the podcast that's the rest of July we have Ms. Marvel next week and then Steve Agee and uh, plenty more fun things we're going to do something with the Umbrella Academy in August uh, other big plans as well Brian thanks as always
0: Oh, thanks so much Seth we'll talk to you soon buddy
1: That's Brian Tong. I'm Seth Everett. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.